0: You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru.
1: Andre, you know, we have not recently done one of our Let's Just
0: Shoot the Shit podcasts.
1: Yep. Uh, some of those are really fun because when we sit down, we don't even know what we're going to talk about.
0: <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. But thank you for listening anyways.
1: So what, uh, what we have in front of us is uh, two bottles of wine that I I pulled out of the cellar today. Yep. And uh, I thought, you know, they seem interesting. And uh, they're from two very different regions. One is the Lake Erie North Shore. The other one is Niagara. And uh, probably two wineries that everybody has heard of and probably takes them for granted. That they're would, always going to be there.
0: I would definitely agree with that, and I know, especially over the past eight months, the Bordeaux-style blends and Chardonnay coming from Henry of Pelham, for one, which is one of the wineries, has we have been so outstanding that I even forgot about the words "baco noir." How about that? You got to bring that right up, don't you? You got to bring it right in there. It's well, Paul said that it's the winery that Baco built, but. Come on. The Cabernet Merlot, like the 2012 that recently came out. the All the Chardonnay that's come out recently. So the, the here's here are the wines we, we
1: opened here. I'm, well, let's start with this first one. It's a 2005 Cabernet Franc. I'm going to pour it into your glass. We did a little pre-tasting of it. Yep. Just to make sure that it wasn't corked or anything. Because yep. nothing's worse than getting a live corked bottle.
0: <laughs> yep. Because
1: <laughs> that's head snapping. Yes. Uh,
0: but. And we're. Enjoying this out of Zalto glasses. Yes, which is you pulled them out. It's very choice. They're very nice glasses. Very
1: nice. Very thin. I'm always afraid when I use these glasses that I, uh, when I start swirling, that the head of this is gonna pop off like a dandelion. You know, you could pop that thing right off. You know, the
0: the nose on this is interesting, Um, and it's changed since you've opened it. Like it's almost like the wine is starting to die very quickly, but the nose is very mushroomy, like roasted portobello mushroom. Yeah, that's but at least. But at least it's not underripe fruit. It's how not underripe. Was, how 2005, was 2005 as a summer?
1: 2005 is a hot year. It's a hot vintage. That's why I brought it. I thought, let's see what's going to happen with this Cabernet Franc in a hot vintage 13 years on. When we first opened it, I found it old red wine. Yep. It had very little character to it whatsoever. Yes. And now you have finally, you know, an, uh, a half hour later it's got
0: character finally something I don't know if the character is good it's more like Oscar the Grouch maybe if it's a character or uh, perhaps a mr. Wilson I mean the, the, the fruit that was there on the nose that was sort of muted in the first place is now completely dead on the palate I'm getting sort of a, a red pepper jelly but it's not an underripe. like it's 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 soft it's muted acids are soft I'd I give you all of that and but
1: but when we first tasted it, it it had, it had no excitement whatsoever, and now at least we can start picking out some flavors, some aromas. And people are always asking me, you know, should I age my wine? I definitely recommend
0: people to age mm. wine. You should always age wine if you can. Okay, so second sip was more of the first, but the third sip, you get a little bit more fruit on the back. And it's not like completely dried fruit. It's not completely fresh either. No, there's no fresh fruit in this whatsoever. It's all. But it's that a little bit more like it's a little bit more red fruit. It's raspberry kind of like, leather, yeah.
1: Yep. strawberry leather, something like that. Um, it's a, it's a very look. It's a 13 year old Cabernet Franc. I am expecting nothing. How much did you pay for this when you bought it, Michael? Oh heck, you know this. I'm, I'm gonna say it's under 20. I'm definitely gonna say it's under 20 when
0: I bought it. Hang on one second. Hello.
1: And Andre is going to take a phone call right now from his new bride. Yes. You can hear the love in his voice.
0: I don't just if what's it on sale for. And yeah, why don't you just grab four pounds? We got one in the freezer already. Four
1: pounds. Maybe he's buying children.
0: Yep, I've got the like, mise en place in place and Michael and I are just finishing up, finishing up a podcast so we'll be able to relax Ooh. and kick him out of the house.
1: Mise en place.
0: Okay, Mike. Are we going to leave that in the podcast? I don't know.
1: I'm making comments on your phone call. That's funny. Um. So, look, it's 13 years old. I expected, very, I expected little from it, to tell you the honest truth, but... I'm always interested in older wines, which you know, is why I hold some of these. People go, why are you holding these wines for so long? I'm like, because I want to learn. And this is the only way to learn. I,
0: I appreciate that you open up these old wines for me, and I think it's great to be able to talk about them. But one of the things I've learned from doing these podcasts with you, I'm not a big fan of old wine. See, I I find them so super
1: interesting. And our good friend, Conrad Edgebeck, also, is, pro- is he's probably the guy who got me interested in... Older wines, because uh, I've traveled with Conrad a couple times, mm-hmm. and we, we've gone to uh, we've gone to Italy twice. And sooner or later, someone's going to pour an older wine. Mm-hmm. And in my very first trip with him, somebody did pour older wines, and I was like, oh, "I don't like that." He goes, "Why don't you like it? What's the problem with it?" There's there's so, there's always something interesting in a bottle of wine, as long as it's not cork. There's always something interesting in a bottle of wine, even if it's turned there's some kind of there's a learning experience that you can put into your memory banks yes. later and and pull it out and go you know what that's not as old as the last one i or it's not as dead you know, I, as I, one I, of the other ones I, yeah, I
0: think maybe i didn't choose my words completely correctly there i i prefer my wines in their youth i like when the the fruit is young and vibrant and i like it when the tannin has started to soften and to be honest it's it's fun To have a bit of a collection of wine and try to hit that sweet spot, because from region to region and and varietal to varietal, it's a moving target. Uh, I opened up a Chateau La Confession, which is a a Bordeaux, a a Saint-Emilion Bordeaux. Winery is owned by John Howard in Niagara, just a bit of a shout out if you want to kind of get a cool Canadian connection. I opened up a 2008 and it was still so incredibly young, it was like, what the hell am I doing?
1: But he committed infanticide.
0: And that's it. But it mean it was fun to like I, I held on to that bottle for five years before opening it. Holy shit, that's a long time for you. I know. If it had been a bottle of Chardonnay, it would never have made it to the five year mark. Actually I have some Chardonnay in, in my collection now that's gonna last a little while. Ooh. But I mean, like I said, like the point, like uh, when, when people ask about old wines and it's sort of the way pop culture portrays old wines, it's just like, Oh, I'm I'm opening up a nineteen fifty five frenzia. I mean, it, it's got this romanticism about these old wines that they taste much better than young wines, but it's just, they taste different. Do you know what? The ooh factor is the
1: 1955 part, or the 1961, yep. or what you know, that year is the, is the ooh factor. Yeah. It could be an ooh factor when you taste the wine. Yep. But nobody ever gives you that look because they're probably drinking Kool-Aid at the time. So the movies.
0: My glass is empty and I already pre tasted the second one that you're pouring, and I still maintain this winery is incredibly underrated. Especially v- when their, you get
1: into this line of wines.
0: Well, even, even even the general list stuff. Their VQA general list stuff, it's the unfortunate thing about their unique terroir is that they get a little bit more heat than most wineries in Niagara. So, when you're talking about the general list wines, they are generally more ripe than what you would find from Correct. places like Chateau de Charmes and Vineland that occupy some incredible, stellar places in the general list. Yep. But I'm talking about Peely Island. Yeah. Now, we're Peely Island Winery, Vine Dressers,
1: which is the stuff you can only get at the winery. This sometimes works its way through vintages, but not often. And this is their uh, 2012 Meritage. Woohoo! And uh, I'm just trying to read the back of the label. It does say that there is um, Cab So, Merlot, and Cab Franc. So that's it. It is the three. I believe
0: this is what we were enjoying on the island when we did the podcast with Daryl at the Pavilion. I think this is one of the wines we tasted in that podcast. The 12? I yeah. thought it was a 15 or something, wasn't no, it? No, it was 12. It was, was hot All right. When, when, when we were fortunate enough to get to raid their retail store. Oh,
1: that's right. We did get to raid the
0: retail store. And it's another reason to visit the, um, visit the winery if you get down there is the uh, quality of the wines are... We've got to plan another trip down there. Working on it. Okay, good. All right, so... Uh, it might be nice to go down there for harvest. I don't want to do any work.
1: Fine. I'll do it. Okay. I'll sit and I'll tell you what to do. Pick that bunch. Pick that bunch of grapes. Hey, that one looks ripe. But this is, speaking of ripe, this is definitely ripe fruit. Mm. Uh, it's definitely juicier than than the uh, 05, and obviously, you know, seven years uh, younger. Mm. Have you swallowed that first sip yet, or are you just Mm-mm. still... So, mm.
0: there's definitely a jammy quality to this wine as well. But it's got some nice uh, restraint to it. It's the whole thing has been given a nice vanilla hug like there there is quite a bit of oak on it but the tannin is so soft yeah, and and well integrated that this thing is just lush red fruit
1: and that acidity just comes in it comes in probably on your third or fourth sip you don't get yeah. it on the first two because you're trying to your 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 palate is overwhelmed with all that you know
0: juicy hang on succulent hang on fruit. i got i got my i got my official tasting note for this yum 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 I really don't know
1: where to go with your little tasting. Yum 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 yum. But it's so good. But it, it's 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 so good. This is interesting. like a twenty dollar bottle
0: yeah, of wine. Yeah, it's a
1: twenty dollar bottle of wine. But it's it's interesting to see. So one's a six year old bottle, one's a thirteen year old bottle. So and, and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these kind of podcasts where we do open some old wines and 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 talk about them because I think it's I think it's interesting to find out where Ontario's sweet spot is. For certain varieties,
0: I think it's, it's, there's two things I've learned from doing the podcast with you. Is uh, just the idea of what it takes to build a cellar. Because I have a I have a pretty good collection going. It's not anywhere nearly as big as yours, and I'd say the average price of a bottle in my collection is a little bit higher than yours. And that's not, and I don't mean to say that in a braggadocious way. No, no. I look. Oh, look, when I started my cellar, um,
1: and this is how this is how I started my cellar, uh. I went, okay, I'm comfortable at $10 a
0: yeah. bottle. And this would have been like 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, this is 15 years ago, easily. Yep. Um, well, you could buy
1: a few more bottles for under $10. Now you, I don't know how many bottles are under $10 these days in the LCBO, but there's not a lot. The sweet, um, the sweet spot for me is around $20. Yeah, well, that's that's what it is for me now. I'm always looking for that... Great value under twenty. Yep. I'll go twenty-five. I'll go thirty. I'll go forty if it's a great bottle of wine. But you're not buying my, it by the half case. You're no, buying a couple of bottles. Couple of bottles. in there. I, I know, and,
0: I, and I'm doing the same thing. Like, I, I know my wife
1: loves her Chardonnay. Yep. I know that's why you love my wife. It's <laughs> because she loves her Chardonnay, and she will spend a good dollar on on Chardonnay because she
0: is of the opinion that it, life is too short. I twenty-five to thirty dollars is my sweet spot, but I've been finding. The odd bottle jumping out at me that's pushed north of that. And if you go back to the podcast and listen to the trip to California that I had, uh, that really was a mind fuck in term of value. And um, I never in a million years thought I would drop $100 on a bottle of wine. I still can't do it. And, and feel like I still wasn't can't. getting ripped off. But part of it is, and and, he, and here's the thing, and, and this is a mantra that I, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast But it is the single best piece of advice I've ever been given uh, from Michael, and and pretty much from anyone when it comes to being an enotourist. like being a wine tourist. When you visit a region and you have the winemaker in front of you pouring the wine, it is really hard to not fall in love with the person, with the story, with everything. And the wines definitely taste better when you're in the region. Oh, for sure. So when you are tasting a bottle of wine way. yeah when you're tasting a bottle of wine at the winery when you're traveling whether it's california french or bordeaux Chile, all places Portugal, that i've been anywhere that you've been just make sure that you're enjoying that bottle like twice as much as you think yeah. that you are 200
1: 250% because when you get at home and you open it up and you think you know what i'm going to love this bottle i can tell you that i went to germany tasted A bottle of wine there was just enthralled with it. I thought, this is great. Brought it home. Put it in the wine fridge. I thought it was months later. Turns out, three weeks later, I opened the bottle of wine, poured it for my wife, and I said, you got to try this wine. It's so fantastic. She looked at me like I had three heads, and I just shat on the ground in front of her. Yeah. Because it was horrific. And I'm like, no, no, it's really good. And I tasted it, and I'm like, this is absolutely horrific, but I got a fake that I like it. Make sure you're not faking that you like it. Make
0: sure you actually do like it. And that advice is, has held true. Uh, I, I, I think it, it is some really great advice. And I've had some bottles where... and It's the thing where I've had some bottles where I really, really loved them when I was traveling. And when I got them home, thankfully with Michael Pincus's voice in the back of my head... Which you don't want, usually. I've had some bottles come home where it's just they haven't been as good yeah. as when I tasted them in the region but it's just like I know exactly where I was in my headspace and the cool thing about that is you can still like smell and taste can be really powerful triggers yeah. for, for memory and it's nice to be able to revisit that but you asked, where, so I, I started at, at, uh, at $10 yep. and I remember
1: um, reading uh, a, a, a publication, Toronto Life used to, or used to, or maybe they still do put out a booklet that David Lorison used to do
0: Yeah, I don't think they do anymore.
1: Okay, so, but it was a booklet of of all the wines that that he was recommending out of the LCBO. And at one point, uh, there was this wine called Long Flat Red out of Australia that was Mm $10.05. Now, that's $0.05 over my budget. But the moment you hit over your budget, that means you can no longer say, my budget's $10. Yep. So I went out because he gave it like you know, a really good score. And I went out and bought it. I really like that wine. So now I'm starting to push. So a lot of my bottles are, you know, starting at ten, then I said, okay, I'm not I'm twelve, now I'm fifteen, now
0: I'm twenty. So that's how I ended up with twenty four hundred bottles See, of wine. The the thing for me, when I first moved to Toronto ten years ago, I was actually working in banking. So I had a little bit more disposable income than I do now working in radio. God bless the people at Bell Media. Please don't take them. Uh <laughs> But uh, when I started tasting Ontario wines, and I, it's still the photo that's the background on my phone, is the 2004 Showcase Cabernet Sauvignon from Hillabrand, and it was $35 a bottle. And at this time, I was drinking—I think I was still drinking Wolf Blast, some Wolf Blast Yellow, which it's still a good ten years wine. ago was not was not bad wine. Uh, it was expensive ten years ago. Now
1: it's it's you know, right in that wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, and um, I was drinking a lot of Chateau de Charme, a lot of the, the Trias. Like, I, I wasn't drinking at the time there was a lot of Hillebrand, there was a, a tier that was below what is now just a regular Trias line, but I was drinking a lot of Trias. So I was spending $15 a bottle on on average, but when I opened that bottle the showcase and saw what a premium bottle of wine tasted like, that was it, I was done. Now, that being said, I wasn't spending $35 on a regular bottle of wine, I was still hunting for a bargain, but didn't become a problem for me anymore to spend a little bit more on those special occasion wines, even if the special occasion was a great friend coming to visit or buying a nice piece of meat. Like, I, I just, I think what I've learned is those special occasions, there's more of them than just waiting for the one or two a year. I think special occasion in this house happens probably 52 times. I, I have a lot of special occasions, that's why I open a lot of sparkling wine.
1: See, I'm looking... Yeah, you, you call it Friday. Sparkling Wine Friday. Open a bottle of bubble. You don't have to open champagne. You can open a $15, $20 bottle of sparkling wine. And, and they're, you know, so I'm just looking, by the way, at uh, at the Wolf Blast Yellow Label Shiraz on the LCBO website. Oh, uh, Cab Sov, Cab soap. I was looking cab Oh, so, all right. So the Shiraz is $17. I remember that being more expensive. Or maybe it just was more expensive in my mind. Could be. 17 bucks. I, I don't see the camera low, but uh, maybe I haven't. Uh, oh, there it is. The Yellow Label Cab, so... Oh, that's... uh nineteen ninety five? Well, this one's the, um, the Magnum, so it's $33. So let's split that in half. That's pretty much how the LCBO works it. So... That's, I like my big bottles. I really... Again, you're leaving me speechless on some of these. I guess it's, you know, for some of the stuff I say to you sometimes.
0: I guess. Uh... Let's this, wrap it up. Yeah, it's It's a good it rambly up. thing. It's a good rambly How podcast. The hell are, what the hell are we even going to call this podcast? What do we even talk about? We ramble on and on. We just want to make sure that people know that Michael and I are still drinking copious amounts of wine when we're not interviewing people. <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing that 2012 Vine Dressers, though. Um, I can't hesitate enough. This is sort of the last kind of anecdote that I tell people, or the last sort of... Uh, I'll call it an ism. When I talk to people... Especially people like Brian Schmidt and Amelie and, and, and Paul Jr. Um, we, we get to talk to a lot of people who are making... Vi- Vineland, Shadow to Charm. charm. Trias, let, let's throw Craig McDonald in there. Let's throw Katie at Peller. Yep. Um, we taste, and we tend to focus more on the, the, the premium winemakers of the province. So we're talking like the $20 price range and up. Yep. But in Ontario, we are so lucky to have a great entry level. And, I mean, it, it, it is difficult. You won't find a great bottle of Ontario wine for $10, a great bottle of BQA wine for $10. And I'm okay with that. But if you give me $15, I will find you a great bottle of wine. And the thing is, these people at the entry level have the most important job in the province because their job is to convince people to spend $20. I would say, I would say $15 would be pushing it. But if I, you, if I gave you $20,
1: you could find a multitude of wines in this province that would... That would definitely you know please what? a lot of palates.
0: I think that's an idea for a podcast, because I actually learned something in, in California that I, I, I've run by a couple people and gotten a few head nods, and uh, we're in a great place in Ontario because $20 is the, the jumping in point, but let's let's maybe revisit that at a later point. We shall do that. You know what? Speaking of jumping in, I'm just uh, revisiting oh, Peely Island. Pelee Island is underrated as a winery. Can't say that enough. I'm he's
1: dropping open the okay, he's dropping his pen and i'm just going to say this i'm revisiting this henry of Pelham 05 cabernet franc and as i as i say to people look when you this thir- after 13 years under cork or at least 11 years under cork when you pop that cork you if you were trapped in a bottle for 11 years andre you'd be a little grumpy too i think you would especially that kind of small bottle this wine is finally starting to open up and I think we may be in for a treat in a couple of hours. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca.
0: I'm Michael Pincus from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a comment, tell people about it, share the word of Ontario wine to everyone. Everyone you know. Thank you to Henry of Pelham for making a wonderful bottle of wine.
1: Thank you to Peely Island for making another wonderful bottle of wine. Thanks to all the wineries in Ontario who make great bottles of wine. And... Good night. When did he get so sappy?
0: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.